Poor Girl's Guide to Staying Alive, Stereotypes Edition. Whoa. Welcome back to the pod, guys. This is Shy and Mac. Wicka wicka whoa. I feel like we're in a pretty chaotic mood, so expect this episode to be a good one. <laughs> so, stereotypes. Yes, I know. We've all had them. All know what they are. But earlier this week, when I was brainstorming ideas for an episode, I said, stereotypes. That would be a good one. Um, no one really knows what I look like, obviously, because you guys are literally just listening to my voice. But, but you could follow our um, Poor Girls Guide Instagram, a little plug. To get a better look, a little, little. shameless plug. <laughs> but ex- just think of me as the most basic blonde, white blue-eyed. girl, blue-eyed white girl. And imagine the stereotypes I've gotten. Don't get me wrong. Um, I am ditzy, so the dumb blonde one isn't too too far off off, but I stay on my own what am I going I don't know where I'm going with this a piece of that stereotype is true but I know my worth and I know what I'm capable of and it's kind of annoying when you walk into a room and someone already like assumes assumes I was on ditzy which I'm kind of ditzy but not but like the dumb blonde archetype that you guys can all think of from, like, a Disney Channel movie or something, where they're literally just that dumb, where it's just, like, is there nothing? Like, do they have literally two no brain, brain cells, cells left? Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, um, no offense at all to, like, anyone else who've got... I mean, I feel like a lot of blondes get the dumb blonde stereotype, but I feel like if you are called a dumb blonde, like, sometimes... Some blondes ruin it for others in a way that that are that whole archetype I feel like is and that stereotype around. is built on the whole thinking it's cute to play dumb. But I don't think that's just a blonde. Yeah, I thing. think there's like a difference between girls who who put on like the baby act, like the dizzy act. I really hate that blondes. Like I wouldn't assume that all blondes act that way, but. A lot of girls who do act that way dye their hair blonde. And so happen to be blonde. So it's so like... There's like, uh, a, there's like a truth to the stereotype, which I think all stereotypes are like built upon some seed of truth, but then obviously they they exploit that and they over-exaggerate. I think a lot of stereotypes are over-exaggerations of little things that may be true. Um, so I know Matt gets like the dumb blonde stereotype a lot. So much. Um... I would say my archetype is probably the nerd. Like, huh? you probably, like, see the me. Geek. You think I, like, watch anime. Was I in AP classes? Yes. Did I pass all the AP exams? Yes, I did. Does she watch anime? No, she does not. Yeah, so. I don't. I actually am um, one that watches anime, which is pretty funny because everyone... I don't even know what people would think I watch. Maybe the Barbie movies, but... <laughs> the Barbie mm, movies? Yeah, but not anime. I don't know why, but... I I don't even know what I give off, but one of our friends from Disney, when he found out that I watched anime, it was just the biggest shock in the world that out of me and my sister, that I was the one that actually am very into anime. My Hero Academia being my favorite, even though some people clown that anime. Yeah, she'll like steal my iPad and try to watch it. I am a My Hero fanatic, I'm not gonna lie. I just like. And do I love Avatar The Last Airbender? Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Yes. I will. I also like The Promised Neverland. That one was also really good. But we're not talking about anime today. Maybe that'll be another episode. But sometimes I feel like you can use your stereotype as 
your advantage. weapon. Like, yeah. almost, man- I don't know if man- saying, like, you can use it in a manipulative manner But is- you can arm yourself with it. Yeah. Because if these people already assume so many things about you, you might as well play into their assumption. To get what you want. Exactly. <laughs> so, going more into that bar story, I went to this beautiful bar on Mills in Orlando called The Guest House. Beautiful upscale classy bar definitely like an entrepreneur like very rich yeah very like they say they're an entrepreneur and they wear a polo and it's like do you actually know what they do other than use daddy's money and i don't know i don't know but it was one of my best friends 21st birthday and we were just like you know what why not have the why not just pop in get some get some nice drinks see what it's like so we went in there and we got a drink but her boyfriend at the time was unfortunately 19. So obviously at that bar, especially since it was so upscale, they check your ID at the door. If you're not 21, you're not allowed in. So he is outside. So she sat inside me for a second and then she went to go um, be outside with him to hang out, of course, with the supportive girlfriends. But I was, you know, all alone inside. But, you know, I am a confident queen. I was just doing my own thing, sipping on my drink, just minding my own business. Well, I had an empty seat next to me when she got up. Well, I was being really social, talking to the bartender, you know, being my very social self. And the other guy took notice of it, and he was standing at first because this is a very popular bar, so there wasn't really any sitting room. And when my friend got up, there was finally seat next to me. And this guy comes over. I could tell this. He had money as is. But I was just like, he's like, oh, can I sit here? And I was like, yeah, of course. You know, I'm not going to say I can't sit in an open seat. And then he was like, oh, wow, that's so nice of you. Um, My name's whatever. And then he asked what my name was. And I told him my name. And he was like, oh, yeah. So, like, what are you doing out here all alone? And I, I was like, hmm. I've never had anyone at this point because I was also freshly 21 buying me a drink. But I'm like, is this an open opportunity that this entrepreneur would offer to buy me a drink? Even if not, it's, you know, I'm, I always love to make new friends. So I'm like, you know, what, at the end of this, I could just end up with a new friend. So I was like, okay, we got a chit chatting. He said, okay, wait, so you just turned 21? And I was like, yeah. And he ate that up. He was like, okay, I got you. Get her this. Get her that. And he knew the bartender too, which already told me enough. If you know the bartender and that you guys yeah. are buddies, I already know that you have money. I know that you've been there. He was like, no, no, you're going to try like half the menu. Got me a fancy shot. Bought me three drinks and paid for my first one that I got. And I kid you not, the total was literally over 100 after my, I think I had like three or four drinks and one sh- tequila shot. And he was like, no, I got you. Don't even worry about it. And he didn't ask me for anything after. We just exchanged social medias. I just played into my, like, little ditzy, like, "Mm," just, like, really bubbly. I mean, I am bubbly. But, like, Like, I played into it because I'm like, you know what? He's offering rounds. I'm like, keep it going. Yeah. So that's, like, a time that you use that archetype. To my advantage. Yeah. And then we ended up being friends. And he was honestly a really respectful, chill guy. Didn't ask for anything weird. And we ended up being friends. And he honestly helped out a girl who would never have that amount of money to pay for drinks. So so we know that McLean's archetype is the fun, bubbly, ditzy, blonde girl. But my archetype is more, I don't know, nerdish. I think sometimes people, yeah, people assume I'm innocent. But I would actually say that my first job in high school, working from an early age, really kind of set me on the path of, like, the lack of innocence. Um, Obviously, other than the childhood trauma, 
For example, early on, I knew that corporations were not my friends and that they exploit us and that we have to find a way to exploit them. So basically, this first job that I had, I knew when it was time to quit that I was going to kind of quiet quit before it was like a trendy term. And I did just that. I still use a discount. I still remained active with them, even though I wasn't actively working. I would either just not get scheduled or give away all my shifts. And it's funny because that is exactly what I'm doing right now with the job I currently technically, technically still have. With. Um, I am basically quiet quitting. I requested all these days off. I give away the shifts. But the thing is, I still have all of my perks. Those don't go away because I'm technically actively employed with them so i'm still getting like the ticket benefits and i won't disclose like the company name or whatever but you can probably figure it out i lived in orlando and you know when those companies exploit you because believe me there's tons and tons of stories of exploitation of exploitation and the things that have happened to my co-workers and i things you don't want to know so i feel like gen z is really on top of this quiet quitting thing like you need to make it worth your wild if you can stay actively employed just to get your, your discounts, your perks, do Free it. Tickets. Literally do it. I think people that I have worked with probably think I'm more innocent than that. I, I know for a fact that I've never had any conversation like this with them before because I try to maintain that privacy while I go to work. Because you can't trust anyone out here, especially yeah. if you knew the job specifically that Shiller had at this company, this theme park company. Um, you would definitely not trust a single soul in that place yeah. because they're catty and evil. And honestly, do you give them an inch, they'll try to get a mile out of you and then ruin you. It's very much Mean Girl High School drama. Oh, man. And, yeah, just no. Yeah, I would definitely describe it as that um, Mac has some beef at that place. But, yeah, I would... I would definitely say the culture there, company-wide, is just awful. Yeah, beef. What um, the heck? But, yeah, you really you have to use your archetype as your weapon. You have to use it as your advantage. These are really just our two archetypes, but there's so many more out there as well that I'm sure, like, you're aware of because I feel like everyone is kind of aware of their typecast, their stereotype, their archetype. And if you're aware of it... I know it sucks. I know that you're more than your archetype and you don't want people to view you as only that thing. But if they do anyways, then use it to your advantage. Also, just at the end of the day, I feel like it's all about the not giving a shit mindset because it pisses me off when someone just thinks that I'm dumb but most of the time, I feel like it's not only that, but a lot of the pe- times people are ageist, which also piss me off. I was going to say, we'll do a podcast episode on ageism because, because it's very prevalent. Very prevalent, especially right now. But at the end of the day, I know my worth, and I know that at the end of the day, I got more street smarts than school smarts. I am a little scrappy, but... I know what I have to offer and who I am as a person. That's the most important thing. And my stereotype isn't going to take away from that. If anything, if I want to use that at my advantage to get what I want, then I'm going to do that. 
So, and it's come in handy with me a with lot. a few, yeah, a lot, especially with some projects I've gotten um, within the last two years in the industry that I'm pursuing right now. I've been able to use the archetype that. And Mac is really good at networking. Now, guys, listen up. There's a duality to this because we were just talking about playing into your archetype to use it to your advantage. And in some spaces, that is the right thing to do. But there's other spaces where if you feel like you trust the space, you can show your true self. You can, you know, introduce these people around you to the real you. And, I mean, they'll find out for themselves that the archetype is just a part of it and that you're so much more. Because every human has so much depth to them. It's just what we allow others to see. And that's the thing. At the end of the day, you don't even have to prove that others are stereotyping you wrong. You yourself just have to prove it. Yeah, know who you are and prove it to yourself. At the end of the day, I feel like it's just something to laugh about at this point because we're in 2023. And if we're just going to, like, if others are just going to live by stereotyping people, then that says more about them and themselves about being judgmental and reading a book by its cover versus getting to know someone a bit deeper. Now, I would also like to talk about the difference between these typecasts that other people assign for us and the personas that we display to other people because I think there's a big difference and I think we should probably define that. A typecast is something that an external person puts onto you. So she's a nerd, he's a dumb blonde, he's a jock, but like I said, these are assigned to you by other people. A persona is something you give to yourself Almost like an armor or protection. I'd say my work persona would be fun, free, lighthearted, almost charming. I know that a lot of people also thought that I was a flirt. Mm-hmm. I just was everything. It's who I am, but also everything that I try to be as a distraction from how I really feel on the inside. Um, But I was kind of also the life of the party, and I was the entertainer per se, where everyone would want to be around me because I was a form of entertainment just because I was very goofy. And I tried to be very light all the time, very caring. I'm not saying any of those traits aren't true to me. I was going to say, that is true, but it's like like one piece of you. Like a lot of... You know, people have depth to them. Yeah, but I have a lot more of a depth that I'm not going to bring out when I'm at work. Yeah. In the same way, I would say, not even just work, but my persona in general is probably just like, oh, she's really chill, she's really into coffee. Um, I don't know. Some people just say I have, like, a chill vibe to me, but there's pieces of that that are true, but like Mac was saying, there's a lot that I don't let on to because, you know. Especially Shy. Shaler does not show people any depth to her. Like, which I don't blame her because I don't really trust people either. But I definitely show a bit more. I feel like people just think Shaler is innocent and shy. And that's the conclusion. That she's smart. <laughs> Basically, Shaler's the mystery twin and I'm the twin that everyone thinks they know everything about me. Um, yeah, not only because of how I come off when you get to know me, because right off the bat, I am very open and honest, 
but also my social media. I feel like automatically, you know, social media is a lie. Yeah. Everyone, though, who would know me and follow me from work would definitely think that they know everything about me. And that's not even the half of it, so. Yeah, I think personas help us to, I don't know, almost be easier to swallow to outside people who may, maybe are acquaintances or work friends or whatever you want to call it. But there is, like, that level of the persona that you use to protect yourself with. But on top of what Shala was saying, it... I feel like personas can be used as protection. Probably a lot of times they are because it is hard to trust people. But also, I feel like it can stem from a place of insecurity. Me, personally, I would say it stems a lot of times from insecurities. And on next week's episode, I actually want to get specifically do one on insecurities as a whole. Because even I have tried to let my guard down some with just being more open, honest, real, and raw about things and how just it's okay to just be be yourself and be comfortable and all the imperfections that go along with you. Imperfections are what make you perfect. I don't know. I just think that is just, it gives more depth. Don't get me wrong. I, it can really beat myself up. And it can really eat me alive. But at the same time, it's just nice to know that everyone is real and, like, everything isn't as perfect as what social media and other other platforms and, I guess, people trying to make it seem. If that makes any sense. I don't know if I'm just rambling, going on a tangent. Yeah, like Mac was saying, insecurities play into a lot of it. But there's also some level of trust that plays into it, too. And you don't have to trust everyone around you. And you do deserve to have some element of, I don't know, privacy um, that works through these things that you build up around you. But, you know, basically just none of us 100% know who we are. And we're all figuring ourselves out. And if that means trying a bunch of stereotypes out... Um, having different typecasts on yourself, you know, kind of going through them, almost like wearing different clothes. You <laughs> kind of have to feel out, like, who you, you are. You can change your hair. You can <laughs> change your clothes. Just remember that you are who you want to be. So if you want to be that archetype, you're ultimately going to be it. But if you don't, then you don't have to. You can you can write your own narrative. Exactly. So thanks, guys, for listening to Poor Girl's Guide to Staying, Staying Alive. Alive. Listen next week for Poor Girl's Guide to Staying Alive, Insecurity Edition. Also, you guys should follow us on Instagram. Um, so the account is called Poor Girl's Guide. And again, the girls is spelled like girls. Like G-O-R-L-S. Yes, indeed. So follow us there. Um, we're also going to be taking some submissions of, like, what you guys want to hear the episodes based around. So let us know, um, if you guys want to give us a good review, you know, that would always help out this podcast as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for staying tuned and talk to you guys next week.